Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the CPL Newsroom. I'm Christian Jack. We start by congratulating Atletico Ottawa on becoming the 2022 regular season champions. On this week's show, we recap the 2022 regular season by selecting our consensus top 10 goals of the year. That can be viewed on our YouTube account and isn't truly beneficial as audio content. So for your listening pleasure, we slice this into two. Here is part two of the show where we select our best 11s, come up with a combined best 11, and give reasons why each of the final four could make the Canadian Premier League final. As ever, thanks for choosing to listen, sit back, and enjoy. The under-21 Canadian, uh, best under-21 Canadian nominees are out. The three nominees are out now, just released. And they are Azaze Di Rosario of York United, Wubens Passius of, of Forge FC, and Sean Rea of Valor. Mitchell, uh, your thoughts on the three? Um, seemingly feels like a little bit like the, the clear three, but a special group. Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, all all incredible players and all players that I think have, have a very bright future. And, um, you know, I think there's there's different things to, to like about all of them. Um, Pasillas is a player where, like, when he's confident, you know, you put him up there as, as the best striker in the league. We saw the goal he scored uh, against Valor. I mean, the, the quality to do that is is something that is very special. Di Rosario has been consistent all year on a team that hasn't been very consistent. So I think that makes what he's done this year, you know, finishing second in the golden boot, very impressive. And and Sean Ray, I mean, again, someone who was all over that top 10 goal list, but that's just the, you know, tip of the iceberg for a player who creates chances, who broke the league assist record um, this year, all kinds of quality from him as well. So I think CF Montreal are getting a, a special player in him and the Canadian Premier League, um, you know, was delighted to, to be able to, to have him as part of our league this year. Yeah, I think at least a couple of you have written about the uh, Raya Mihailovic comparisons as well in your analysis over the a year. And I think you did a piece on it as well, HR. Raya obviously talked about Raya with his two standout goals on this list, but this is a player that, you know, is is that a really special year and shows you why the benefits of the Canadian Premier League are there, Alex, to give him opportunity to play every single game and be a talisman on the pitch. Yeah, I think, I mean, you think about it in the Montreal system as a number 10, it's such a hard position to break through. I think if you want a great parallel would be a guy like Marco Bustos. We've seen his quality. We've seen his talent, but it wasn't really, he never got that consistent opportunity with the Whitecaps. And then, you know, even on the second team, he'd do well, it wasn't until he's gone to the CPL and he's really shown through, but now he's a little older. Uh, you know, a guy like Sean Ray is kind of getting that, that opportunity that a guy like Bustos didn't. And he's, and it's great because with Valor, he's uh, under Phil DeSantos. He's gotten a chance to both, you know, shine and show his creativity, but also learn the rigors of the pro game that maybe hold some of those guys back. And you learn the everyday lessons. You learn what it's like to travel. You learn of, okay, if you're going to play, you're going to have to defend. And I just love seeing all those kind of pieces tick together uh, and how he's he's put together a season where again he's just controlling games he's dominant but also he's responsible he's, he's trustworthy he's tracking back he's kind of putting everything together and I think that's what's so exciting as to see when it when it comes together for a young player uh, how it all clicks for him and all, now all of a sudden you can see he's just you know 20 years old you can see okay there's a path for him to really shine at higher levels and that's exactly what you want to see you want to see that developmental pathway so that when say in five years Sean Rea uh, you know, if he's doing the great things he appears to to be destined to, you can look at, okay, the Canadian Premier League played a huge part in that development of him as an all-around great player, as we've seen this season. 
Yeah, let us know in the chat, anybody who's watching live, who do you think should win this award? Uh, Charlie, it doesn't seem that long ago that York United was scoring uh, some goals in preseason and the guy was listed as a trialist. That player turned <laughs> out to be Azazi Di Rosario. And uh, we should be all thankful that that player turned out to be not only York United fans, but as a league, and obviously having Dwayne at these games and obviously Adisa played on the weekend for Halifax, which was really special as well. But um, this is a, a young man that is carving out his own story away from the name. And, and he's been terrific mm -hmm. for us this year in the league. Yeah. And I think that's the most important part to him, especially, you know, he, we know that the name on the back of his shirt is uh, a, a, a big one in Canadian soccer and, and probably, you know, quite a, a heavy one to wear on your back if you're playing yep. soccer in Canada, but to, Asaze's immense credit he's come in this season and been asked to do a lot as a young player for this York team right and especially on a team that at times really struggled in attack uh and Asaze he, he had a couple you know down moments as did the rest of his team but he has been a, a very consistent finisher in this league he's scored several different types of goals he's played with so many different attacking wingers and number 10s and players like that that have filtered through this side but he's been really the one constant in the attack for this York team this year. Uh, and I'm just really excited to see he takes it from here now that he's got this full, this full professional season under his belt and seen what he can do uh, in that context. And obviously there's, there's a lot of room for him to grow and continue to improve his game. Yeah, definitely strikes the ball, you know, at a really fierce level. And he's got that grit. Like I yeah. love that five minutes. I clipped it for one soccer's post game show the other way. That five minutes between him, the goal being disallowed and the goal being scored, and then him getting almost mm -hmm. sent off. And he just had that zone. I love that. He just had that fierceness of I. I want to make sure I score a goal here, and I want to try and get this golden boot. And that was pretty good. Um, and I think that's not quite what the ferocity is in the personality of Wubens Passius Benedict, but we know what the technical gifts he's got. Look, it's gone a bit cold right now, and I'm sure Bobby Smyniotis would love him to get hot again for these playoffs, but we would not rule that out. He just had one, I mean, he was, he was named player of the month in the summer. He's a, he had a stretch there where he looked like he was the next big Canadian player who could get sold out of our league. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he, he came from CF Montreal and, and I think CF Montreal would, would like to have him in their team again. You know, he's 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 ruthless when he when he's, has a chance to finish. And uh, like you said, he's, he's a bit cold at the moment. But as we saw, I think it was June when he was the player of the month and mm -hmm. and and he was just finishing everything. We saw one of his goals in, in the top 10 there. And 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 he he's not afraid sometimes to to just sort of snap off a shot whenever he has a chance instead of hesitating. Sometimes he's a little bit hesitant, but of late, but. Earlier in the season, he was just he was just shooting everything every time he had an opportunity, and, and that led to some, some 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 good goals. And and you know we were talking about him, and he almost finished as as a Golden Boot winner. Yeah, and we have to remember to bring context to this. I think Charlie and I were at the game when he made his debut. Like he's been playing professional football at this level for like twelve months. You know, like it's just <laughs> remarkable, right? They were breaking down these players, and it's like, yeah, they they they've got big futures, right? But they're still so young, and so you know, a need of opportunities to continue to play. So, um, you know, it was. I also like to see Wubens play the way he played on Sunday. It'll be interesting to see. I went to the game. They almost played with two split strikers. They played Poku as a ten, and Pasias and Welshman split strikers running the channels a little bit more. It's a little bit more involved in the attack. So I thought he did good uh, in, in that game as well. Uh, okay, next next segment of the show. We've all been tasked with coming up with our teams of the year. We might try and find some consensus. The way Charlie's mood on, it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> I think this okay. might be closer. We might be oh, closer okay. on this than in, than in goals. 
Okay, nice. There we go. Uh, so, uh, Mitchell, why don't we start with yours? Let's move Mitchell over to thy screen, and then we'll bring in Mitchell's best 11, and you can talk us through it, mate. Go ahead. Sorry, the definitive best 11. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, first and foremost, uh, goalkeeper, uh, Marco Carducci, excellent this season, excellent story as well. Um, you know, just coming back from from what he dealt with in preseason to you know tie the the league league for clean sheets with ten uh, with Tristan Henry. Um, you know, an experienced keeper. You know, organized everything back there this season for Calvary, a team that had some up and downs, but Carducci really didn't. He was excellent throughout the year. So that is my pick and goal. I went with the back three. Um, Alex Ashnoti Janssen will not be happy to know he's made the defense in my team, but he's <laughs> been way too excellent this season to not be uh, included in there. He, you know, led the league in passes by almost 400 and, um, you know, almost hit 2000 passes on the season, which is ridiculous. So um, having that distribution ability in, in my back line is, is key. Um, Yao's in there to, to win aerial balls and, and obviously an excellent defender as well. And one of those guys you can include in, in the future players who are really exciting. Um, and then uh, Spejo, of course, um, you know, again, one of those top class passers in the league and um, a player who I think almost reminds me of the Paolo Maldini quote, where it's like tackles, you know, tackles are like a defender making a mistake. He's not a player who makes a lot of tackles. Who's not a player who you'll see make a lot of those defensive actions, but it's because he's in good spots at all times. So another young defender to be very excited about. Um, what with some wing bats, backs have Brett Levi and uh, Acosta playing up there. Again, two players who are great at progressing the ball forward. Um, Levi's leading the league in, in interceptions as well. Um, and, you know, a key player for Valor in offense. Um, another Valor player ahead of him, Sean Rea, who we've spoken about at, at length here. Um, and then a, a midfield two of uh, Kyle Becker and Ollie Bassett. Again, two players who... Um, were very important for their sides, both going forward and uh, defensively as well. So um, some solidity there. Bassett, you know, probably up there for, for player of the year um, this season. And then uh, a front two, obviously, Alejandro Diaz has departed the league, but won the golden boot still, was was excellent in his time here. And Ozazi Di Rosario, again, we spoke about him and just the consistency he had this season um, gets him in my team. Uh, there you go. Good to see it. Now, I, I want to state that a lot of uh, best 11s around the world with leagues uh, often feel like personality and popularity contests where these leagues throw in about six strikers and play a formation you'd never, ever see on the pitch. Um, one of the many things that, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the many things I love about my coworkers here is that that's not going to happen today. We're going to actually pick defenders and fullbacks and credit to Mitchell. who we went even further mm -hmm. and picked five defenders <laughs> every credit. So there you go. So anybody asking in the chat, why is uh, players not being picked? It's because we're actually picking teams that we want to see on the pitch play. Uh, well, at least I think we are. That's what I've seen up for one. I'm going to see the next one. Benedict, you're up, mate. Let's move you over and let's go through your team and explain yourself. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I picked Marco Carducci and Alex Asnodi Johnson for all the same reasons that Mitch did. Uh, you know, two, two of the most solid players in our league, uh, of course. Alex Asnodi Johnson, not a defender, um, but <laughs> but but arguably the best what defender in our league this season. Yeah. <laughs> um, Carducci again, fantastic goalkeeper, fantastic story. He's, he's been good all season long. Um, I, I went from from left to right. I have Brett Levi's, Amir Didich, and, and Dominic Zator. I kind of cheated a little bit with Zator because he hasn't played right back this season. But it's not the first time you've cheated on the yeah. show. Well, <laughs> he, he has played right back in his career, so I thought I'd be fine with him playing in this in this team on the pitch. Go up and a Um, 
Yeah, yeah, Dinich as well. He's been he's been fantastic all season. He he scored a couple of goals as well. Um, and 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 it's been a rock at the back for Pacific as expected. Um, and in midfield, I went for and I know I wanted two forge midfielders in here. I know some people pick different forge midfielders. Um, but I went for for Kyle Becker and Tristan Borges. Becker, he's been arguably the best player in this league's history. All four seasons, he's been one of the best and. And Tristan Borges, I think he, he's been so involved with his team all season long. He, he's played on the left, he's played in the center, he's played on the right, he's played up top. He's scored a hat-trick this season. He's He's been been one of the best players on, on one of the best teams all season long. So yeah. uh, definitely in my team. Uh, Ollie Bassett in, in central midfield is a lock for every team, I think, I, I'd hope. And, and again, one of the best players we've had all season long. He's been in the goals, he's had assists, he's scored an Olympico, he's Hollywood. You know, they've renamed Otto after him. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's a, a reason enough to have him in the team. Um, Sean Rea, again, another one of the players of the season candidates for Shirley and an under-21 nominee, as you just heard. Um, Blue Tableau on the right, He's he's been fantastic all season. He's grown into the season. He, he started off a little slow maybe, but as the season has gone on, he's he's got more involved and, and better. He's found his best position, I think, in the attack. As before, I think he started as more of a wing back, which didn't really suit him, but as as the team has progressed and as he's progressed, he's got back into 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 form as an attacker, and I think Carlos Gonzalez should be should be very very happy with where he started versus where he finished the season. Uh, and up top, I, I didn't include Alejandro Diaz for the sole reason that he didn't finish the league, finish the season in the league. That's the only reason he didn't make my team. But uh, and if you're not including Diaz, I think Di Rosario is far and away the best striker, not named Alejandro Diaz. Every credit, Benedict. I got respect for that. It's your team. You can do what you want, despite Charlie's boos. Uh, but Charlie's used to booing people because he's a Villa fan. Um, uh, <laughs> Charlie, let's get you up next. I can say that because I'm the same, and it's quite yeah. frankly awful to watch right now. Use his uh, own players. Let, let's move Charlie over to the left, and uh, no booing for Charlie. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, I think there's a lot of consensus in a lot of our teams, so I don't need to need to go over much more. I really love my center back duo of you know Espejo winning balls in the air, and then Alex playing out of the back um i'm seeing a lot of confusion in the chat over so many of us picking brett levi's but guys he had a phenomenal season at valor he you know a a player that has struggled with injuries a lot heading into this season but this year he comes in he plays consistently at left back for that valor team he's just so good on the ball and he adds so much to that team's attack you know especially in transition he plays so many of those great balls down the side, he's able to cut in. He's, I, I don't know what to tell you guys. You guys are all, conf- all these guys in the chat are confused by it, but Brett Levi's yeah. is, a, is a phenomenal player. Yeah. yeah. He was the best left back in the, in the league for me this league. season. Yeah. Uh, you know, not maybe not counting D.A.D. and Abzi who left in June. But uh, other than that, I've got Jose Escalante up there on the left. He's, uh, for me, been probably the, the most consistent and, and dangerous cavalry attacker this year. Uh, he's been great from set pieces. He's, always a, a joy to watch in the CPL and I cannot wait to see what shenanigans he gets up to this weekend against Forge. <laughs> <laughs> Surely going to be amazing. Uh, can we just picture for a minute, like how cool it would be to see Kyle Becker and Ali Bassett in the same midfield. Uh, that would be a lot of fun. Uh, other than that, I know I don't, I don't think there's a lot of, a lot controversial in here. I've, I've gone with Diaz up front because again, he was the best striker in the league this year, even though he, only played for a little bit. He, uh, or I guess till August. What is, what did he play? Like 18 games? Yeah. That's thir- most of them. 13 goals in 18 games. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's easily enough games for me to put him in that team. Uh, yeah. And again, nobody scored more goals than him. 
lots of players I couldn't get in this team. Bellu Tabla, Manny Aparicio. Mobabuli didn't quite play enough of the season for me to put him in here, even though uh, if he played like maybe another month, he might actually be in here. But again, I don't think there's a lot uh, controversial in here. There you go. Uh, Aaron says, Charlie, great meeting you at the Central Pub on Sunday. Hey, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> hopefully that was after your assignment, not before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was. Uh, AGR, you're up, my man. Let's explain your 11. Let's put it up there. Let's place you over on the left-hand side of the screen if we can. And, uh, yeah, talk us through some some similarities here, but a couple of different names. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I went for a 4-4-2, a lot of great defenders, a lot of great midfielders. It was tough. I took me a while. There's a lot of players I left, uh, unfortunately, on the chopping block. But start, I think, Marco Carducci in goal. Pretty self-explanatory. Just so solid all year long. Consistent. Going into the back, my two center backs. I decided to go with Amir Didich just because – as things start a bit slow for him, but man, that Pacific defense got good as the year went along the last 15 or 16 games. Uh, I think they only allowed more than one goal when it was that York game where York came in and surprised him with the 3-1. Otherwise, it's been a lot of clean sheets, a lot of one goal games. So he and Toma Mejigura found their feet at the perfect time. So I think credit has to be given for Amir Didich for uh, really adapting and becoming a more than adequate Lucas McNaughton replacement. Otherwise, Kree Yao, what he's done all year long on that uh, cavalry defense that has been so solid at that age just to consistently be rolling in uh, and making the starts. I think credit has to be given to Karifa Yao for how just dominant he can be at times uh, in his game, uh, especially at that young age. Otherwise, at right back, I think Miguel Acosta just loved the way he's played. Uh, the Alistair Johnston role, I guess, as it's now known across Canada, that, that right back center back tweener where he can be so important in possession. He can push up, but he he, he kind of uh, makes that Ottawa defense click. And I think if you're going to have to give Ottawa, uh, you know, credit as the, as a defensive unit, uh, you have to give Acosta credit, but you also have to give Maxine Tissot credit, which is why he made my team just because the way he played as a left wing back, uh, I think really tied a lot of Ottawa together because he was defensively responsible. He'd always be coming back, but also a big part was what he did going forward uh, offensively. And he kind of just felt like he tied the team together, providing balance on both sides of the ball. And I will always give, Credits to fullbacks and wingbacks who can do that. Uh, moving up the pitch, the pivot, we go Ollie Bassett. I mean, Hollywood kind of speaks for itself at this point. But Manny Aparicio, maybe a bit of a surprise pick. But I just, I, I cannot be, you know, forgotten that the fact of how much better Pacific look with him. The stats, you know, they've gotten the 35 plus points with him in the lineup versus 10 with without him that's just absurd in my mind and every time i watch pacific play and he's in there they're a whole different team and there's uh you know the the, the way he dined he's so dynamic and ties together the midfielder as a modern midfielder it's just you know, he's been one of the best midfielders in this season uh, for the work he does on and off the ball uh over on the left jose escalante uh felt like he had a really underrated season for for cavalry I mean, maybe just because, you know, some of his past antics, it feels like he's a bit forgotten this year, but it feels like he found a good balance this year in terms of, uh, you know, being the disturber that he can be. But also he's just was quality in a lot of games. He's always delivering great balls, uh, participating in the attack, being defensively sound. He's kind of he's cavalry. He just he epitomizes cavalry. And I think if they're going to have a shot in the playoffs, uh, a strong performance from him will go a long way. Otherwise, Sean Rea uh, over on the right, Sean Rea understandably so is Ozzy Di Rosario not much to say on those two and then Alejandro Diaz anytime you score anytime you win a golden boot and you didn't play in a league since mid-August that kind of tells you you have a, had a good season so uh I wasn't even sure if I was able to vote for him at the beginning but uh 
uh, KJ gave me a shout to, to let me know that it was acceptable. And I, I do accept uh, that because if you score 13 goals and even if you leave and miss 10 games, that's pretty good in my books. Yeah, every credit, Alex. And just a shout out, Wubens Passius was basically his 12th man. So it, Wubens almost made yeah. it if it wasn't for him. So um, I'm so proud, guys. Four teams presented that can all play on the pitch with balance, <laughs> players in the right position. Uh, I just, I'm. I'm incredibly proud of you guys three teams that'll all lose to mine <laughs> <laughs> all right last and definitely least uh let's put my team up and you can put me in the corner diamond uh yeah i went for the 442 diamond um you'll notice in my team i care about players who play a lot and there's a lot of appearances in this team and a lot of consistency yeah. and the best players in each position in my opinion marco carducci i'll go five for five not only with his clean sheets his distribution i thought was tremendous this year and now he splits the lines and if i'm at the vancouver whitecats i am already signing that player because he's that good um so that's why you know for me it's carducci a magnificent year and every credit all five of us picked the same one miguel acosta for me was the best right back in the league he was pushed hard by resit rama who i thought was a really good year at forge um but Costa, I think he led the league in tackles, very close to it. And um, as you guys have said, many great things about him, tactical versatility. Um, Jonsson, for me, not only, you know, one of the best players in the league, one of the best defenders, versatile, just fantastic. You know, ultimately, it doesn't get any better than that player. And, he, he, you know, again, uh, Costa played 26 games. Jonsson played 27 games. Zator played 28 games, played every game uh, over 99.5% of his minutes. It was immense for York. And I think that their rebound in the second half of the season, he was equally as good. He, he was asked to play left back sometimes, produced that great ball in a Pacific, played right back, uh, led the league, I believe, in interceptions, led center backs in blocks, lots of things. Levi's, for me, is the best left back in the league this year. And it's close. Maxim Tissot uh, definitely was close to that. But for me, you guys covered Levi's. Uh, I've gone with a true six because they don't get love enough. And he's the best six in the league this season. Mm -hmm. Alessandro Hajab report it was fantastic for Forge in so many games, stopping things, playing them, play the way he can play in a double pivot in a, in, when he plays a back three. Reads the game so well, has sped up his game, plays the ball forward a lot more than he used to as well. And I think has become even more tactically smart. It's supremely fit. Uh, and I love him in my team, much like his teammate, uh, Abu Sissoko. Who I, phew, what, a, what an acquisition he's been for them. He can play right back. He runs all the time, brings real legs and energy. It's hard not to put Kyle Becker in the team. But I think them two have been more consistent. And again, I want players who play. Ajaba for 26 appearances. Sissoko, 27. Becker missed some time with the suspension. Uh, Bassett speaks for himself. He's a player of the year candidate. That's undoubtedly not, you know, that's going to happen. Rare as well. You've given him all the love as well. Um, and then Di Rosario uh, for me with with Diaz. I mean, Diaz is the only one who didn't play a lot of games for me, but he still played, as you said, 18. The rest, Di Rosario, 27 appearances. Rea, 27 appearances. So it's full of minutes for me. So that's um, that's my team of the year. Anybody got any questions for anybody on there? Uh, the, the, the questions. I have a question away. for AGR about how a team can come second in the table with a goal differential of plus 22 and not have a single player in your team of the year, that being Forge. West Coast bias. For oh, I'm know. not, I didn't say that. I didn't say it out loud. I mean, I'll take that. I'll take that West Coast bias. I'll wear it proudly on my chest. But I, for Forge, it's a tough one because I wanted to give Forge some love, but they just kind of strike me as a team that it's the balance. That, that makes them so good it's just all these pieces mm -hmm. kind of pulling together and that will always make it tough in a team of the year because again like alexander 
uh, Achinoti Johnson, I think it, for as excellent as he was at center back this year, it felt like it was just, again, the way the, the Forge system ticks, Kyle Becker, Tristan Borges, uh, all these players. I had them shouts. At one point, I had Borges was this close to making my final cut as well. Then I remembered how good Escalante was this year. So it just feels like Forge, they kind of got hurt by how deep they were, how solid they were. You could give a shout for six or seven players, and I think it shows that I think, what, there was five or six different Forge players got a shout. So in the end, uh, I just prioritized. I like to look at guys who really make a big difference for a team, like a guy who you take him out the lineup, you lose him. That's probably why Aparicio got a little more love than some other guys uh, did. So in the end, that's probably what hurt Forge, but no doubt a great team. I'll address that. Uh, first of all, no Jonsson slander on the show. Uh, without Absolutely. him, I don't know I don't know where they would be. Uh, but you're right about the Manny Aparicio because he, when he's on the pitch, and Alex, you made a great point, the reason why he didn't make my team is because he played 51% of the season. That's the only reason. Uh, there's been chat. There's been in the chat about Babuli. Why is Babuli not there? He played eight games, guys. Like, ultimately, you know, he's been one of the best players when he's been on the pitch. But he played eight games, right, Mitch? Like, you can't have a guy on a team of the year who played eight games. We, undoubtedly, I mean, he got his award, right? What was he, September Player of the Month? I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's what he got. Yeah, and I mean, he played basically September and a bit of August. So, <laughs> you know, it, it makes sense that, that that's the award he was deserving of. Um, yeah, I think it's it's a good point on Aparicio. And I think a big part for me is the fact that, you know, obviously there's some controversy to this, but he missed time with red cards, right? Like it wasn't like he missed time with injury. He, in some cases, took himself off the pitch. And I, again, I know there's, there's a lot of different things with the extra yeah. game added, um, which, you know, I, I don't necessarily agree with, but at the same time, um, yeah, I think that that is, that is part of it. It reminds me of Bustos last year where, you know, he, he probably was up there, but he just didn't, because of injury for Bustos, didn't play quite enough. But when Aparizio has been on the pitch, I think he's probably been maybe the best player in the league this year. It's a great point because Bustos played about the same percent last year, yeah. 50, about 50, 51%. It's the same thing. You know, he was absolutely phenomenal when he was on the pitch. Um, so what we're saying is Bustos half of last year and Manny half of this year, put them <laughs> together, and then you basically got the greatest player to ever play in the Canadian Premier League. Uh, but they, but guess what? They're both on the pitch for them this weekend uh, in the semifinals. So uh, but that makes Pacific dangerous. Aaron Hooper, I'm seeing your claims on the chat for Drew Becky. And uh, Drew Becky is a great guy and he was very close to making some of our teams, but we can only pick two, you know, I can even get his teammate Espeo win and he's one of the best <laughs> defenders. So, you know, the, it's great that we've got Janssen. We had a shout out for Yao, Zator, Didic, you know, who am I missing? You know, Espeo, like it's, the, the, this is how good a defense we've had this year. So it's just, you know, class players. Uh, before we finish, fellas, the semifinals are this Saturday uh, out west for both of these games. As you can see here, they're the Eastern uh, uh, Eastern time zones of the kickoffs. Both are back-to-back -back on Saturday, 2 o'clock in Calgary, 4 o'clock on the island. It starts with, a, boy, oh boy, one of the best rivals, if not the best, most bitter rivals in the Canadian Premier League, Cavalry against Forge, and then Pacific against Atletico Ottawa. Uh, I think to summarize, we've got four of you left. I'm probably going to give one of you each a team here to make a case of why they're going to get through this round. Uh, Benedict, let's start with you. Uh, Cavalry, what do you like about them? And as they head into this game against Forge, obviously they played this team four times already this season. They're very, very emotional games. Uh, Cavalry come in, obviously, after a great goal on the weekend in the 89th minute by Ben Fist to secure a, a crucial victory. What do they need to do? What do you think are the reasons why, if they progress here, what, what's going to make them go to the final? Yeah, like, like I said, they always get up for this game. They, they know... And every time they play each other, people talk about 2019 and 
and how going back to the first season, these two teams have played each other very hard all, all the entire time in the CPL and, and Calvary have, have a very strong defensive, strong midfield. Their, their attack is clicking at the moment. Joe Mason scoring, Ali Moussi scoring, Ben Fisk, and, and some of the depth is scoring. Uh, Marco Carducci and all five of our teams in goal, he can make a difference in net. Um, I just think, you know, Calvary's maybe the deepest team in the CPL along there with Forge and, and those two are going to do battle. And I think, you know, Calvary could, could slightly edge it if, if their players all click uh, at the level that we know they can click. It's a great point about how deep they are. Something they've been saying on One Soccer all season. I, I kind of agree with it. I didn't get anybody else in my team of the year but Parducci. But that doesn't mean to say I didn't like the players. It was just, there were, there, you know, Escalante's probably been the shining light, but they've all been at a level of, of a team, you know, and that's what maybe that's what they need. You know what else is good about Cavalry this year is that I don't think too many people are talking about them right now. And I think that they might like that. Uh, you know, they, they, this is the time for them. And, if, and as I said on One Soccer, if they're going to win it this year, they want a piece of Forge. What about going through Forge and beating Forge if they're going to do it? You know, they don't, I don't think they want to win it and not get Forge. So this might be good for them. Talking to Forge, Mitchell, let's go to you. Um, Forge come into this after a crucial 1-0 victory that secured home advantage in the second leg. Although Andrew, Andre Rampas had strike in the 90th minute, almost turned it around and made them be the fourth seed. What needs to work here if Forge are going to get to another CPL final? I think the attack. Um, I, I don't think it's been quite good enough or consistent enough towards the end of the season. Um, you know, you, you look at what they've done over the course of the year and their, their goal difference, it's obviously excellent. It's been incredible in moments, but it, it hasn't been always good enough. And I think, um, you know, the, we look at a guy like Ruben Spasias, who will be so important to that. You know, they need Borges um, to to you know, be in his best position. And, you know, I, I think we talked a little bit about how they set up uh, against Halifax in that match. And we might see him as more of a, a number 10 going to these playoffs if, if they're going to follow uh, that blueprint going to the playoffs. And I think that's an excellent spot for him. But I do think that that's what they need. They need that offense. But, you know, you look at the games that Forge have played this year outside of the Canadian Premier League. You know, they've been they've been to the Azteca. They've played Cruz Azul. They've played in the Canadian Championship Final and lost on penalties. Like, it's something that Bobby Smirniotis will remind you of every time. They, they have that big game experience that, you know, these other clubs don't necessarily have other than maybe Pacific this year. So um, they're, they're always going to be up for it. And they're one of those clubs that believe that they can always take their game to the next level in crucial matches. And more often than not, over the course of the Canadian Premier League's history, they've shown that ability. Yeah, they, they definitely have that experience unlike anybody else. Uh, to the other semi-final on the island, and that's back-to-back -back on Saturday, of course. Uh, our West Coast man himself, let's go to him for Pacific. What's going to happen here if they're going to repeat and get to another final here, Alex? Uh, for, for them, it's going to be as much it's defense, I think. It's obviously, especially after Alejandro Diaz left, that's a huge loss. You can't kid that they weren't necessarily the same team because of that but I think as they've shown with their defense that will give them a shot defense always does win championships last year they proved that and then from there it's just going to be timely goals in that championship mentality I mean last year when they won they didn't necessarily win by blowing the doors off they defended well and it was uh, Alessandra Hojapapur goal in the final or was Kunle Dataluk with a bit of magic uh, in the, the semis so they've shown that they have that depth scoring. So I think for, for them, it's going to be defense. What what helps is that they really love a big game. For, for them this season, it felt like almost these lulls in the season where what hurt them was, oh, it's June. We just want to get to the big game. So it's it's no coincidence they shown when it was the beginning of the season, it was forged, the spotlight was on them, or it's CONCACAF League. It's, uh, you know, even Canadian Championship, while they lost to York, that was a fun, dramatic game where they had to come back late and had those 
heroic. So I think because of all those reasons, they're going to love. They've been waiting for this all year long. They finally got Manny Aparicio, Marco Bustos back. They've got a back four that's been as good as any uh, over the last few months. And, you know, Toma Merjigir, Amir Didic, Kunle Dadaluk, uh, you know, one of Nathan Mavila or Jordan Haynes, they've been doing the job. And for, because of those things, those are kind of the boxes you tick uh, for, for a playoff team. So if they can get that moment of magic, that's all they probably need with how they defend these days. Yeah, well said. I think that's great, great points all around. And you're right. This, uh, I was with them last week when they were at Forge. I did some interviews that you're going to see this week coming out. And Charlie and I were there. They just had that look in their eye again. You know, they didn't see that look a few weeks before, but they're back. You know, they're like, here we go. Business end of the season. We're ready and we're ready to defend. Uh, let's go to our Glebe Central pub correspondent <laughs> in Ottawa, uh, Charlie O'Connor <laughs> with the masses in the chat ready to hear what he has to say don't disappoint charlie uh how are they going to get through pacific and get to the final well uh i'm not gonna start with that they are <laughs> massive but uh ottawa <laughs> they're the table toppers they have been the most consistent team in the league this year they go into the playoffs on a nine game unbeaten run which you know, everybody knows that in sports and especially in in soccer leagues that have playoffs how you go into the playoffs the form you go in with is everything Everything. It's, it's definitely the case in MLS, and it will certainly be the case in this playoff run. Uh, and Ottawa have been the best team in the league the last two months heading into the playoffs. The way that they defend is in a two-legged series, you know, Ottawa have only conceded more than one goal five times this year in a 28-game season. That's outstanding. To me, they've been just so consistent. Uh, they're also so unbelievably good on the road, away from home, 28 points away from home. I, I believe that's a league record. I think we, we figured that out earlier. Um, so for them to go to Starlight Stadium this weekend to Pacific, they're set up so well to be organized, just really, really frustrate that Pacific attack. You know, mark the mark the top, the front three of that team, maybe hit and transition, get a goal or two. They're just so well set up to go and put themselves in a good position on Saturday in this away leg and then take that back to Ottawa, to the capital, and just get the job done there. I think that no team wants to go and play Ottawa in the playoffs because of how difficult it is to score goals against them. And if you know that if you make a mistake, they will punish you and then your season might be over. Mm, yeah, well said. I think all four of you put together real compelling cases and that's what it's going to be like, right? No, and I think anyone will sit here and go, we're not going to be using the word shocked by a team no. getting to the final because anybody can beat anybody here, particularly over two legs. Uh, I did that segment a little bit. We're having a little bit of an on-air meeting here, but I did that segment to try and tally potential team of the year with consensus and i didn't get to it all but i have got eight names i think we could all agree on uh we a slam dunk acosta was voted the most of right back levi's at left back Johnson, i think was in four teams facets in all of the teams rea dero and diaz that's eight right there so i don't know if benedict if you want to throw up any more team names or if i'm forgetting anybody beck how many votes did becca get was he in two or three um, uh that's three then that's three so beck is in the team as well so he, 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 so we need another defender and we need another attacking slash midfielder i think uh, i am here, so. i'm willing to compromise and concede espejo for yao if that makes uh well, yao is it, the torah the same as yao i think yao only made one didn't he or two did he only make yeah, one he no he made two he, he was in mitchell's too, yeah. and yeah and yeah. he was in alex zator was in mine and, and mine. benedict's 
So we got two there. Then who else are we missing out? Diditch was he in? Diditch was also in two or three. Diditch in mine as well. Diditch was in two, I think. All right, so this is the challenge. <laughs> oh, wow. We have Diditch two, Yao two, and let's the ask the chat. One of those three. Two. Are we all know who's going to win in the chat? We're going to vote for someone not a, not a part of that. All right, Drew Becky, Drew Becky. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's five of us here. Let's see if we can get this down. Out of the three, I mean, I don't know if we can do that, but out of the three, if you got to pick one, is the, who are you picking? The th hmm. Diditch, Yao, or Zator? I'm going Diditch. Zator for me. Charlie? I'll go Zats. Okay. Benedict? Uh, I'll say Diditch just omissions to decide. Oh, man. <laughs> don't pick <laughs> Yao. <laughs> yeah, I won't pick you out because of that. I'll go Zats uh, over Didich then. All right. Then Zator makes correct, our correct team answer. of the year. Uh, Acosta, Janssen, Zator, and Levi's across the back. Carducci, Net. We've got Bassett and Becker. We've got Rea. We've got Dero. And we've got Diaz. So, however, we want to put this together. I mean, it's. Who, who, I mean, I got Hijabapur and Sissoko. They're only one. So I think we can move. Has anybody got double votes here? Like, Escalante has two, I think. Escalante, yeah, Escalante has two. Has okay, two, yeah. he's in there. Anybody else got double votes? Bassett's in, Aaron. Don't, don't worry about that. He was the first name on the team sheet. Yeah, we, right. we had all five of them. Don't worry about it, Bassett. Uh, anybody else who didn't have... Did anybody else have double midfielders or attackers? Benedict looking at the team uh, as we do this on air vote right now. Doesn't look like it. No. So just, we could... Just Becker. So uh, an Escalante. Yeah. So it's that's it. So it's Carducci, Acosta, Janssen, Zator, Levi's... Rea, Bassett, Becca, Escalante, Dero, and Diaz. Yep. It's a pretty okay. good team. Not bad. Good team. There you that, go. That's, that's what we came bad. up with. That there team's going to win some games. We're going to all put out our individual one, and then we can get the consensus that this we actually agreed on something. Who knew? See? <laughs> the end Eventually, of the show. Charlie's mad about that. <laughs> Charlie began the show disgusted at the order of the top ten, and we've actually broke bread and come together as a family. Yeah, Charlie's you know? disagreeing on the fact that we're agreeing. <laughs> you know? It only took us an hour and ten minutes. In the spirit of Thanksgiving week, can we thank you for all the love on the chat from everybody who wished us a happy Thanksgiving? It was so nice. By the way, everybody in the chat, Tom, Aaron, Artur, forget me if I'm missing everybody else, but you guys are loyal. Anthony, loads of you guys. We, we appreciate every one of you. Um, I think we found it. I think we found some consensus. We found a top ten we came to. We previewed the semifinals, and now we have our best 11 as well. Uh, gentlemen, this has been a pleasure. Uh, we'll be back Monday, right? Let's do it Monday again. Let's recap the semifinals on Monday. And uh, in the meantime, everybody enjoy the game. So reminder, this Saturday, live on One Soccer, 4 o'clock Eastern, 2 o'clock local in Calgary. Cavalry will take on Forge. Charlie's going to be there. And then on the next day, it's gonna, next game, it's going to be in Pacific. They take on Atletico Ottawa. The champs versus the champs. 2022 regular season champs against the 2021 champs. That should be good. AGR, are you going to the game? Not sure yet, uh, but I'm um, trying my best to. So yeah, if you're sure. there, I'll uh, hit me up. I'll be there too. All right. Everybody, have a great week. Uh, pleasure. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the games. And we'll speak to you soon. God bless. Just the left foot of Timoteo. It is Timoteo. Oh,